0: Greetings and welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 23 of Thoughts from Meharry Head. I appreciate you tuning in. This week I'm going to talk about the relationship between the states and the federal government through the eyes of Thomas Jefferson. November 10th marked the 217th birthday of the Kentucky Resolutions of 1798. On that date, the Kentucky House of Representatives passed the resolutions with only three dissenting votes. The Senate followed suit three days later, and Governor Garrett signed the resolutions on November 16th. Thomas Jefferson secretly drafted the Kentucky Resolutions in response to the Alien and Sedition Acts. They not only provided a blueprint on how to deal with federal overreach, they gave one of the best explanations of the relationship between the states and the federal government ever pinned. Quote, The several states composing the United States of America are not united on the principle of unlimited submission to their general government, but that by a compact under the style and title of a constitution for the United States, and of amendments thereto, they constituted a general government for special purposes, delegated to that government certain definite powers, reserving each state to itself the residuary mass of right to their own self-government and that whensoever the general government assumes undelegated powers its acts are unauthoritative void and of no force so what exactly prompted the author of the declaration of independence to pen these resolutions while well, four separate laws passed in the summer of 1798 made up the Sedition Acts. The winds of war were blowing across the Atlantic, and there was a great deal of anti-French sentiment in the United States. The Federalist Party was in control at the time, and its members created a script politicians still follow to this day. They stoked fear, and they used the cry of national security to push through stupid laws that expanded their own power. Now, the Alien and Sedition Acts were sold as necessary measures to prevent seditious acts, especially by the scary French, that could weaken the government. Federalists utilized fear to stir up support for these draconian laws, expanding federal power, concentrating authority in the executive branch, and severely restricting freedom of speech. The three alien acts all involved immigration. The first extended the amount of time immigrants had to live in the United States before becoming eligible for citizenship from five years to 14. Conveniently, this more than doubled the time before French and Irish immigrants would be able to vote, and they tended to support the Democrat-Republican party. You know, the guys not in power at the time. The other two acts essentially allowed the president to round up and deport quote-unquote dangerous Aliens. The Alien Enemies Act actually authorized the arrest, imprisonment, and deportation of any male citizen of a nation at war with the U.S., even without any evidence that he was an actual threat. President Roosevelt stole from this playbook in World War II, caging Japanese Americans. But the worst of the four laws was the Sedition Act. It basically criminalized criticizing the federal government. Now, a lot of times I'll tell people about this and they just can't believe it. Why, the government would never outlaw criticism of itself. This is America! Well, yeah, it did. In fact, Matthew Lyon, a sitting congressman from Vermont, was arrested and convicted under the act after he said some unflattering things about President Adams during his campaign. He accused the president of, quote, unbounded thirst for ridiculous pomp, foolish adulation, and selfish avarice, unquote. He also blasted the president for using religion to drum up war against France, writing that he could not support the executive, quote, when I shall see the sacred name of religion employed as a state engine to make mankind hate, end quote. Yes, those words landed Matthew Lyon in jail. Fun side note, he was re-elected while serving his sentence. So not only were the Alien and Sedition Acts clearly unconstitutional, they also threatened to destroy the American political system, ensuring that the Federalist Party perpetually remained in power. How do you win an election if you can't criticize the dudes in power, right? So Thomas Jefferson and James Madison took action— Jefferson drafted the Kentucky resolutions, and Madison penned companion resolutions that were later passed in Virginia. Since we're focusing on the Kentucky resolutions, I'm going to link to them in the show notes. I highly encourage you to take the time to read them. I remember the first time that I did, and I was blown away. Nobody had ever taught me this stuff. The resolutions are brilliant and at the same time beautiful in their simplicity. Now, as you have already heard, Jefferson explained the relationship between the state and the federal government in probably the most succinct and and simple way I've ever seen. His whole argument revolved around the Tenth Amendment. In fact, he quotes it verbatim three times in the resolutions. In a nutshell, the federal government has a few specific delegated powers, and the rest remain with the states and the people. But what do you do when the federal government does something outside the scope of its powers? What do you do when it violates the Constitution, as the Federalist Party-controlled Congress and the Adams administration clearly did with the Alien and Sedition Acts? Well, Jefferson's answer was nullify. This is what he wrote in the Kentucky Resolutions. To take from the states all the power of self-government and transfer them to a general and consolidated government without regard to the special delegations and reservations solemnly agreed to in that compact is not for the peace, happiness, or prosperity of these states. And that therefore this commonwealth is determined, as it doubts not its co-states are, to submit to undelegated and consequently unlimited powers in no man or body of men on earth. That in cases of an abuse of the delegated powers, the members of the general government being chosen by the people, a change by the people would be the constitutional remedy. But where powers are assumed which have not been delegated, a nullification of the act is the rightful remedy, that every state has a natural right in cases not within the compact to nullify of their own authority all assumptions of power by others within their limits, that without this right, they would be under the dominion, absolute and unlimited, of whosoever might exercise this right of judgment for them. End quote. Now, a lot of people will tell you that the Kentucky resolutions are irrelevant because almost all of the other states rejected them. Side note, most states were controlled by federalists at the time, and many of those same people later embraced the idea when it suited their political ends. People will also remind you the Kentucky legislature removed the word nullify from the final versions and say, see, they didn't mean it, but they clearly did, and a follow-up resolution in 1799 did include the word nullify. Regardless, I challenge those who reject Jefferson's resolutions based on these superficial reasons to actually refute his logic. Prove wrong his reasoning based on founding era evidence. Nobody has ever taken me up on this. I've heard a lot of reasons we should reject the Kentucky resolutions of 1798, but I've never known anybody to actually refute them. That's because they can't. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the show, please do me a favor and spread the word. And make sure you head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast there. That way it'll just download right to you. You won't even have to think about it. Please feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.